0: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 40 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Art. Check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com. You can also listen to all of the shows and interviews on iTunes as well as Stitcher Radio. Send in your comments and questions to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. We published our first critique episode with special guest Hip Hong the other day, and it's already up to about 4,000 views, so I think you guys are enjoying that. So you're going to want to go over to Facebook and like our page there as well as subscribe to us on YouTube so that you don't miss any of those episodes. They're a video series, so it's separate from this audio podcast. If you have an aquascape that you'd like us to critique, send it into aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. We've closed the entries for this first series of critiques that we're going to do. But if everything goes well, I'll continue them in the future. So I'll start the stockpile now. So send them on in. So I spoke with Jeff Miyaki yesterday for about two and a half hours, and he's a super knowledgeable guy, you know, really good guy. Of course, he's, you guys know him. He's from the United States. He scored 62nd in the IAPLC, which is extremely high, and we were recording our critique episodes yesterday, but we got to talking about other subjects, and he showed me his current tank and the progress that he's making and illustrated to me a principle that we've actually talked about here on the show in the past, but it really clicked with me yesterday and i thought i would share it with you guys today maybe it'll click for some of you out there as well all right so the principle is this a lot of us including myself and jeff pointed this out yesterday think in terms of left to right or right to left when we're designing our hardscape but what we should really be doing is thinking of front to back or back to front if you look at all the
1: top masters in the um a majority of the top 27, they're thinking front to back, not left to right. And you have to really, and, and that's that's the, left to right's easy. You have lots of space. It's front to back that's hard. And that's where you get that feeling of depth and uh, it puts it over the top. And that's how you stand out in the contest. So when you look at this, always start at the back and work your way front. It's a thought process of how you tackle the tank.
0: So here's the deal. We've all learned at some point in school about vanishing point. And that's when you're drawing on a piece of paper, you know, a two dimensional space, you draw a dot and that's the vanishing point on the horizon. And if you draw all the lines to meet that dot, you create perspective. You create the illusion of three dimensions on a two dimensional space. Now we want to create that same illusion and use those principles, but do it in a three dimensional space. Now, in order to illustrate this here on the podcast, I'll break it up into stages. And the first is to think of it not like one piece of paper, like in a sketch, but think of it as two pieces of paper. But those pieces of paper are the panes of glass on your aquarium. You have a front pane of glass and a back pane of glass. Now, if you put that vanishing point on the back of glass, you can draw a point anywhere on the front pane and connect the dot through the 3D space of the aquarium to that vanishing point and that would be a guideline to use in your aquascaping design. Now you can make as many points as you want on that front pane of glass as long as they connect back to the vanishing point, you're good to go. Now, to take that one step further, you can also draw dots on the side panes of glass and connect the dots once again through the 3D space of the aquarium to that vanishing point and those would be guidelines as well. And to take it even one step further, you could essentially make a dot anywhere within the 3D space of the aquarium as long as you draw that guideline back to the vanishing point, you're okay. Now, conversely, you can put the vanishing point on the front pane of glass and work all of your lines from back to front. That works as well. You could just as easily use two-point perspective and three-point perspective. Alright, so quickly, the differences between one, two, and three point perspective, if illustrated in the real world. If you were standing on a sidewalk and directly across from you was an alleyway that led straight ahead, you would be looking at basically one point perspective. Now, if you turn your head about 45 degrees to the left and you're looking at the corner of a building, now you're looking at two points of perspective because the lines are leading to that original horizon point in front of you down the alleyway, but also now down towards the left On the perpendicular road that you're standing on and if you were to look at three-point perspective you can just look at the corner of that building but look up towards the top and now you've added that third point of perspective
1: It's a different mindset. I used actual markings on the tank to get these lines, but as you get more practiced, you don't even need to draw lines, you can just see them. It's a little bit harder because you're putting 2D lines on a three-dimensional object. So you're kind of like working backwards. You know how you draw a three-dimensional cube on a piece of paper? You're kind of like working backwards. You're drawing a (laughs) two-dimensional on a 3D object.
0: It's like working backwards to like what you were taught in school. So the interesting thing is we're working in the language of a two-dimensional space. So when we take a photograph and essentially convert it back to two dimensions, we preserve all of those characteristics of depth and perspective.
1: So when you look into the front of the tank, it looks very similar. Because those perspective lines are so strong, the illusion is not ruined in three dimensions in real life. So when you look at the tank, it looks very similar to what you see in the photo.
0: Now, once you understand that principle, it's really easy to go out there and check out who's using it and who isn't. If you go on Facebook or online and look up a bunch of aquascapes, you'll see right away who's using these points of perspective in their design. And you'll notice a lot of the really high-end, top-ranking aquascapes, they all use this principle. All right, here's another audience question for George Farmer. This one is from Oliver from Adelaide, Australia. And he writes in and says, At first, all I wanted was my plants to grow as quickly as possible. But now I find myself trimming almost every week. Is there a way to successfully slow down growth without causing issues?
2: yeah for sure definitely so it's quite an interesting topic it's quite close to my heart actually and if you have a, a good high energy system with good lighting good co2 good circulation good nutrient levels good maintenance regime everything's growing fine uh, but a bit too quick then very simply all you have to do is reduce your lighting so we can reduce it either in terms of photo period i.e. the length of light the time the lights are on or the intensity if that is a, an option for you so if you have controllable led or you're using 40 Five, you can use two if you keep everything else exactly the same and just use your lighting as the variable then that is probably the easiest way to slow down growth probably be surprised at how low light you can go if you keep all those other factors good you know i.e co2 especially in circulation plants are pretty much opportunistic weeds most of them and they will survive in you know quite surprising conditions if especially if you have like i said the good co2 in circulation so yeah that is the easiest way to slow down growth without causing issues some people say i'll turn down your co2 but if you're keeping your light the same then you're going to run into algae some people say i'll cut down your nutrient levels but if you're keeping the light the same then you're going to run into algae so yeah just by controlling the light that's definitely the best way to slow down growth all right that's
0: it for this week's episode of the aquascaping podcast i'm your host jr if you haven't checked out the first critique episode yet head on over to aquascapingpodcast.com you can watch it there as well as on youtube and facebook check out all of our interviews and shows on itunes as well as stitcher radio send in your comments and questions or if you have an aquascape that you'd like critiqued to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com have a great week everybody we'll see you next time